1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today
0: with Byte. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo.
1: Hey, you found me. I'm Brian Schilmeister.
0: There you are. I was wondering if customs got you. Uh,
1: not yet. That'll be, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Now I noticed that like you
0: landed at LAX, you got a, a, you checked it on Facebook and then you went completely quiet for several yeah. days. Yes, like, I did. <laughs> either he's got the travel sickness or he's got the TSA sickness. One of the two.
1: <laughs> uh, got burned out and tired sickness and having to reconstruct uh, the house from travels. And of course the house was left in a state of Christmas when we left so all oh, that yeah. stuff had to come down and pair that with a three-year-old that doesn't want christmas to end it was an interesting long weekend <laughs> boy oh boy was i glad monday came around and he went to school
0: yeah i could have just had
1: christmas all year that's true keep it up that's true
0: so on the last episode uh we were talking with eric hunley and he he talked about his embarrassing story of going to the genius bar and having them remove the lint from his S- phone i'm not the only one <laughs> nope Well, turns out after that, I'm like, hmm, you know, I should just check. (laughs) You gave me so much shit because you thought, everybody knows this. (laughs) <laughs> yep, and of course, I didn't eat my own dog food, and out comes about half a pound of lint, and <laughs> my phone works perfectly now.
1: Yeah. Did you use a special tool, or did you just do what I did and grabbed any sharp stick and started poking around?
0: I used my Kershaw can Onion Everyday Carry pocket knife that I have on <laughs> me, which worked just fine. Now, the thing about that that discovery was I figured that out. Well, my new iPhone 11 was booting up after I'd unboxed it and was like, ah, <laughs> let's get started here. While I'm waiting, well, maybe I should check for the lint. Sure enough, well, now I have two very nice working iPhones. Uh, would you like to buy an iPhone 8 Plus, Brian? Actually, maybe.
1: Although, let me tell you about what happened with my iPhone. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I still have an iPhone 7. Um, Which works fine for me, but I might be interested in that 8 Plus anyways, just because it may be time. Uh, But right before I was getting ready, I was literally packing to go to Toronto the night before. And all of a sudden, I realized my iPhone is not holding a charge at all. And I look at the battery health and it says, service, severe problems. (laughs) Of course, I do not have time to take care of this and I go off to Toronto and, and I kept my handy charging pack with me and basically had it plugged in anytime I was near an outlet and that's the only way I survived the trip with it. Uh, but I did; well, I was able to do a bit of research and, uh, you know, Apple would have happily taken some of my monies and had me sit at the Genius Bar for four to five hours to replace the battery. Uh, or I could have gone to a third-party shop, which is exactly what I did, dropped off my phone. and an hour later, just went and did some grocery shopping, came back, brand new battery, brand new phone, basically. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I would highly recommend skipping the Genius Bar unless you live somewhere which has an Apple store that never gets any traffic. And uh, if you need your battery replaced, go to a third party place. They do a perfect job.
0: Yep, the Best Buy that I went to to get my screen replaced, which uh, that iPhone Eight Plus does have a brand new screen on it. By the way, good to know. Uh, <laughs> took an hour, and I just basically dropped it off. I spent more time in line because these assholes jumped in front of me, right? Even though I had an appointment. But uh, yeah, for the most part, the the service at Best Buy was great, and there was like nobody there getting their iPhone fixed. So
1: I went to the Drop Smash Fix just down the street for me. Great job.
0: Good name. Good mm-hmm. name. Yeah. So over the holidays and uh, just in general, I've been trying to figure out this photo issue that I have Mm -hmm. uh, because I've got – Like you take too many? I've got two terabytes of digital photos. All of your dogs. Uh, No, no, no. I mean this goes back to all the scans from when I basically started when I was Mm -hmm. 15. So you know, I've got lots of 45 to 60 megabyte TIFFs from film scans, but also every digital photo I've basically ever taken. And, you know, I've always had them on multiple hard drives, shipped them around the country. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's put them in the cloud. I'm tired of it. I can't do it anymore. And it all came about because I found out with my Spectrum internet connection, I don't have a data cap. Uh-huh. So I'm like, ha ha. And I was doing my research. And, uh, like, over the holidays, I was thinking, ah, maybe I should just go Flickr Pro. Mm -hmm. I can just dump everything up there. It's like 50 bucks a year, 60 bucks a year. But over the holidays, I was inundated by emails from Flickr Pro or just Flickr in general saying, hey, guys, you know, it still costs a lot of money to run Flickr and we really need your help. So would you consider going pro? (laughs) To me, that's a red flag for the health of the company. Yes, it is. And you know, I'm like, do I really want to upload 2.1 terabytes of photographs to a company that might not be there in a couple of years? Right. Hmm. Hmm. In comes good old Google. I said screw it. You know, everybody I know has all their stuff up at Google Photos. So, signed up, bought an extra couple terabytes, and uh now basically every spare second I've got a laptop with my external drive and it's just chugging away. Chug, 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 chug. Yep. How long is that going to take? I don't know. I well during the day I limit it to two megabytes a second going right. up, and at night I just let the beast fly. So I get about you know anywhere between fifteen and twenty megabytes a second going up. So I don't know. Probably the end of February, right. I'm guessing.
1: I'm looking forward to your story a couple of years from now when you uh, when when all the unlimited data caps are gone and you need to get all your stuff back and it costs you seven million dollars. Well, hopefully,
0: uh, this is all just peace of mind. I just I don't ever even look at this stuff anymore. But I am I'm kind of excited to get you know. I know it's pretty pretty ironic that I would say this. All of the facial recognition that comes with (laughs) Google Photos to be able to search for people and find my photos. I think you know know, facial
1: recognition is a valuable skill when it's in your own hands.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not. It's, it's a tool. It's not just the it's the implementation of the tool that really counts. Yes, it is. And, you know, Dave Pittner actually kind of got me thinking about it, too, because it was pretty cool that he could, you know, it was smart enough to watch his kids grow and be able to track them all along the way. So he could do just a search for his son. And boom, there are all of the pictures that he's uploaded of his son. I thought that yeah. was pretty neat.
1: You know, the Apple Photos app is pretty good with that, too. I, I I know you have too many photos and you can't keep them all locally, but it works for me pretty well. And uh, the facial recognition on it is really nice. It's, it's pretty good, I've got to say.
0: Yeah, it's, it's getting better with iPhoto, but still, like, trying to just get your actual photos out of the Photos app on a Mac mm-hmm. is so terrible.
1: Yes, it is, because every year my sister wants to make a calendar for my mom, and she asks me to pick out, like, 24 f- pictures or whatever f- of, of my son over the previous year, and it's an individual export, which is the dumbest thing in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean you can click and drag and just drag them to the desktop.
1: Yeah, but I have to save them in certain formats for my sister and blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, what was that old program that we used to use back in the day that did? Remember when Photoshop didn't do batch processing, so we had a debabelizer. Debabelizer. Debabalizer, You remember that? Oh hell yeah! I wish we still had
0: that program sometimes. Oh man, that thing was amazing! It and uh, funny story. The Truman Show poster was built. Uh, the The prototype was built in debabilizer by our friend Dave
1: Riggs. There back you go. In, back then, <laughs> that was such a fun program. It was just. It was so powerful. Oh god, the dragon, the droplets. Oh, they were amazing.
0: Oh, so good. Yeah, I really wish that was still around. <laughs>
1: Well, it is my first show of 2020 because, yes, I was still on a plane when you guys recorded uh, the previous episode. And you did a great job. I listened to it. First time I've oh, listened to you. our show because I never listened to it when I am on it. Because why, would <laughs> why I? bother? Yes. I, I have to listen to it three times. So why should you? Exactly. Uh, but I thought we'd talk a, a little bit about what's going to happen this year because 2020 is going to be a big year of change, at least for me. Um, fans of the show, you don't need to worry about anything, at least not yet, probably not until late summer. We'll have to see what happens there. But, uh, the reason I've been spending so much time in Toronto is we are going to move there this year. That is definitely going to happen. Um, I made a deal with my wife when our son was born that I would step back my career a bit for a couple years, at least until Lucas was in school. And that's up. And it is time for me to get back into having something that resembles a career. And as we've talked about a lot, there's a lot of ageism in tech. So I was a little bit worried about how that would play out, but um, it's actually all coming together. I can't talk specifics yet. Obviously the job will be in Toronto. Um, so yeah, come come late summer, end of summer, I will be moving to Toronto. I will be taking a full-time job. We will see what that means for The podcast, if that means we're going to go to one episode a week or you'll do two episodes and one will be with a guest or I'll figure out a way to make it all work magically by finding a time machine that gives me more hours in the day. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, In the meantime, um, I'm starting to dip my toes into that job. I'll be working part time here in L.A. because there's a small business development team here from from the company I'll be working for. That should not affect anything much because I'm basically just taking the hours that I was doing daddy daycare and putting that towards a job. So the podcast, as it is, will continue, at least for the time being, and uh, we'll figure out what's going to happen when we get closer. I'll probably need to take some time off come end of summer to move and set up and all of that. We shall see. So just letting everybody know, and Jason, you already kind of knew all this stuff, but uh, starting to get some more firm timelines coming through here.
0: Yay, more work for me. Yep. All right. We'll be taking resumes and headshots. You send them to Jason at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Headshots? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, got to look good in the socials.
1: That's right because we post so many photos of us in the socials.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I need somebody good-looking so we can actually post photos.
1: Yeah, that's part of my changes this year, too. I, I've heard on your uh, on your show uh, with, uh, with the guests that uh, you've cut down your drinking a bit, and so have I. I've actually started doing some intermittent fasting. I'm looking for ketosis, not cirrhosis, in 2020. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey look at you yeah did, did you make that one up or
1: yeah that one just uh, came up right now just like my rape joke that pissed off people earlier, <laughs> which wasn't a rape joke but you know <laughs> that's how it goes that's how it goes in the news
0: youtube is back in the news and they've thrown up their hands and said screw it if it's that's a kid's shocking. video, you must be a kid.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean specifically? Anything that's a kid's video, they're just not going to track you or throw ads at you? Or what? what's the deal here?
0: Uh, they're basically, yeah, they're going to say that uh, if it is labeled as a kid's video, then mm-hmm. they're just going to assume that anybody watching it is a kid, which is a, you know, it's an easy way to handle that issue. Yes, it is. It, it's what they should have done from the get go. Could have saved them a lot of time and money, to be frank. But 100 yeah. million, it was a 170 million dollars settlement with the FTC that really kind of kicked this thing off. But as we know, 170 million dollars for YouTube is about 17
1: seconds of yeah <laughs> of revenue. Well, I mean that's a good thing. I, I it's again it's 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 a lazy way to do it but it's good i mean you could require people to sign up and you could require parents to create accounts for their kids and flag the account as a kid's account and then that account can treat those things the way that it's treated but of course they don't care if you have an account they just want views uh so i guess that's one way to make sure that all of this happens
0: yeah i mean they're taking the burden on them the the downside is i think the creators are the ones that are going to suffer because they can't monetize as well as they should have been able to before
1: yeah, it's kind of that is kind of a weird issue because I, I obviously my son grew up, uh, three, he's you know three three now, so I've had the last three years of um, there's actually a lot of really great content creators on YouTube for kids stuff, and now that they can't monetize, that's I'm wondering how that's going to affect them and if the quality of programming that I've seen on YouTube for my kid is going to go away, which which is kind of sad.
0: Well, I don't know if they can't monetize altogether it has to you know they would probably have to have kid-friendly ads on their ads that are approved for you know the certain age ranges that they're well and there's no lack of
1: those as i've discovered over christmas time with a three-year-old watching tv it's all ads for products for the shows that you're watching so
0: yeah they just can't spray and pray a bunch of ads out there good
1: because again horror movie ads in the middle of blippy who jason does not know but anybody that has a kid out there is aware of it is not appropriate
0: No, it's not. (laughs) And the interesting thing is individual video creators are also now personally on the hook for penalties up to $42,350 if they fail to explicitly mark their videos as for children. So that's Hmm. interesting. Yeah, so so if they try to get
1: around it and keep the ads flowing, Mm -hmm. they're going to get buzzed for it.
0: Yeah, and YouTube is also going to unleash AI. Oh, on Christ. these videos <laughs> to, uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry, they're going to they're going to unleash machine learning. I take that back. Oh, OK, thank God. <laughs> but they're going to learn to identify content featuring children's characters, themes or toys, games, among other things to say, hey, you forgot to flag this. I do hope
1: this machine learning is good enough to catch the stuff that is created by the biggest assholes in the world. Uh, I've never fallen for this because I always found official channels to watch videos from. But there are a large amount of videos out on YouTube that have children's characters that seem innocuous for about 30 seconds. And then their heads are getting cut off and things of that nature. So I hope the machine learning catches those.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be good to know.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. Nobody wants to see Peppa Pig get beheaded. Well, well, maybe some people. Like most parents do, but that's different. <laughs> I was going to say, I tell
0: you what, you know, if I saw Barney being beheaded after listening to my brother watch that for years when he was a kid, I would. I'm all about a Barney snuff porn. That's fine <laughs> by me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, let's 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 just keep that so the kids can't see it because I don't want to spend. I'm I'm trying to save for college, not therapy. Exactly. That's the plan. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I found a really good article over on the Atlantic. Uh, this is kind of, this, this just proves how old we are, Jason. Nobody cares anymore, but we do. Uh, what the death of iTunes says about our digital habits. And this is by Robinson Mayer. And they says we started the 2010s obsessed with our electronic hygiene and ended them as a nation of digital hoarders. <laughs> and this is 11 ideas about the death, the decade that killed iTunes. And he makes a lot of great points, uh, it's an interesting read if you're old like we are and we once... Well, Jason is still obviously trying to organize his his photos and keep everything like that. This is more specifically about music. Um, I really do miss my curated iTunes library, but iTunes has destroyed it so many times that I don't feel <laughs> like rebuilding it anymore. And I basically just listen on Spotify, but I still look back wistfully and wish I still had my own digital library that was all together and organized but it's gone, and uh, this article is basically about how yeah, we started that way, and now it's, everything is just a mess, and we just move on.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, bring back Winamp. <laughs> uh, I've I've got my iTunes library; it's you know a couple hundred gig, like maybe mm-hmm. two hundred gig. I never use it. The only I've used it one time in the past four years because <laughs> because you know people are too touchy feely, and I could not find a copy of "Killing an Arab" by the Cure anywhere except tucked away on my hard drive
1: that so. is insane that is like a classic song it was a single it did well it's on their best ofs they it's a it's a live favorite and you can't get it on streaming services
0: no i mean I, <clears> my <throat> first cure tape that i got was staring at the sea all the singles and stuff and that mm-hmm. was that's the first track i'm like okay
1: what's going not, on here? and it's it's about a book it's about yeah. a philosophy book Yeah, it's a damn good song. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, moving on from that, uh, Vox has a good article about how tech companies spent all of the last year trying to get us to use their products less by unveiling all these programs. Like... Tracking how much you use your screen during the during a week and and, you know, Facebook and Instagram rolled out time spent notifications and the ability to snooze their apps and all these sorts of things. So we didn't spend so much time staring at our screen and we had time well spent, which is the movement to design technology that respects users time and doesn't exploit their vulnerabilities. How's that working out? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first off, it's kind of not. Uh, and secondly, even with all these things, time people are spending on their devices just keeps increasing. According to a measurement company, Zenith, American adults spent three hours and 30 minutes a day using the mobile Internet in 2019 in an increase of about 20 minutes from a year earlier when all this stuff was rolled out. Uh, why are we doing this? Because everything has moved online. Socializing that used to happen offline is shifting to online. Uh, newspapers, radio, all of that stuff is now on our devices. It is not physical products or anything like that. So, of course, we are spending more time online. Nearly a third of Americans said they are online almost constantly in 2019, a statistic that has risen substantially across age groups since the study was conducted the year before. And um, (laughs) I've been online.
0: I've been online 24 hours a day since 1993 or 1992. (laughs) So (laughs) you and me
1: both, brother. But uh, (laughs) yeah, the the masses have now joined us and they're all online all the time, but not everywhere. Uh, Another measurement company called SimilarWeb has found that time spent with some of the most popular social media apps like Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat have declined, although the decline could instead reflect the waning relevance of those social media companies. People are now on TikTok, (laughs) apparently. And as the article points out, which it must, and it is an important point, the problem may not be that bad in the first place. Though correlations exist, there's no causal link between digital media usage and the problems some speculate it causes. So we don't know.
0: Well, how about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) No science behind the science. That's right. All right. Moving on to some Facebook news. They have banned deep fakes. Uh Uh-huh. How's, How's that, that gonna new- work? Yeah. But their new policy may not cover contra- like the controversial Pelosi video, which was just an edit and not a deep fake, as I pointed out on Oh, actually I pointed out on Chris Lockhead's show that has not aired yet, but I got I got very angry. <laughs> about-
1: you pointed it out on our show too, and it is. So that, that that is it's not a deep fake, it's an edit, which it's a, yeah. is its own problem.
0: Yes. Uh. Yeah. Facebook has banned users from posting computer-generated, highly manipulated videos known as deepfakes seeking to stop the spread of a novel form of misinformation months before the 2020 presidential election. Does that mean Max Headroom is being
1: pulled from the Internet?
0: I guess so. <laughs> oh, man, poor Max. Uh, but the, the policy does not prohibit all doctored videos. The new guidelines do not appear to address a deceptively edited clip of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi that went viral last year and uh so now the the democratic leaders are getting getting put hurt again <laughs> uh so yeah it's you know six of one half dozen of the other so let's ban the ones that are really hard to make and very rare that take a long time to do with lots of compute power but leave the ones that anybody can do on their iphone in about 30 seconds
1: yeah seems 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 like a smart policy
0: yep par for the course <laughs> uh they will not ban videos manipulated for the point of parody or satire so all you can you say, no, I was making fun of Nancy Pelosi. That's all. Weird Al's safe. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> safe. So, right. yeah, another toothless uh, move by Facebook.
1: There you go. Well, over at Amazon, two Amazon employees who spoke out against the company's environmental policies say they were threatened with termination if they continue to violate the company's external communications policy. However... As part of its overall communication rules, and this would be their policy, Amazon does tell employees they may spake out on social media as long as they do not share confidential business information, according to the Washington Post, which they didn't do. So Maureen Costa and Jamie Kowalski uh, said that they uh, they... Basically complained and said that Amazon contributes to climate change by supporting oil and gas company exploration with its cloud computing business and say they were subsequently called into meetings with human resources where they were accused of violating the company's external communications policy, which they obviously did not do. Uh, Costa that says she then received an email from a company lawyer who claimed future violations could result in formal corrective action up to and including termination of your employment with Amazon. All right, Amazon. Seems par for the course. I think it, it, it any big business would do that. Yeah, but it's not against their policies according to their policies. So Amazon should revise their policy and say don't talk bad about us.
0: Yeah, and you know, we honestly don't have a full copy of the policy. And the policy, I'm sure in the in the fine print at the bottom says we can do whatever we want.
1: Well, yeah, that's kind of the way it works. Yeah. Well, we have a little bit of good news though. There's some unionization occurring in tech. Really? Well, not really. Around 2,300 contracted workers who serve meals to Google employees in the San Francisco Bay Area have unionized, saying they're overworked and underpaid. So I guess they can get unionized. And frankly, they probably need it more than Richie Richardson sitting at his desk because they're getting paid a lot less.
0: (laughs) Paid a lot less, yes. And probably definitely worked to the bone. Food service is notoriously hard to do.
1: It is. And uh, cafeteria workers unionization is some of the most significant union activity tech industry workers have accomplished. Again, I would argue they're not really tech industry workers. Exactly. Um, Particularly for service workers who operate as part of Google's vast shadow workforce of contractors who largely receive lower pay and fewer benefits compared to the company's full-time employees. So good for them, but I don't see this as a win for the tech industry unionization.
0: Yeah, not at all. This is completely different. So it's like the the vast shadow workforce. It, it, and they've all got shadow profiles. Thanks. Yes, Google. they do. Yep.
1: And we've recently been dealing with a lot of complaints about press bias coming from the conservatives in this country. And uh, they have pushed one complaint above all others recently that the media is biased against them because it is overwhelmingly staffed by liberal journalists. Well, a new study forthcoming in science advances says, yep, that's true but only half of it (laughs) reporters (laughs) overall are significantly more liberal than the general population. In fact, almost one in six are more liberal than AOC based on who they follow on Twitter, but it doesn't matter. Even for the most liberal of the liberals of the liberals of the journalists, the title of the study says it all. There is no liberal media bias in the news. Political journalists choose to cover none zero. So in short, despite being dominantly liberals and Democrats, journalists do not seem to be exhibiting liberal media bias or conservative media bias in what they choose to cover. And this is vitally important, showing that overall journalists do not display political gatekeeping bias in the stories they choose to cover. In other words, they do their jobs regardless of what they personally believe. Right. They're fair and balanced. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Interesting. That would be a good tagline for a network if they actually did it. This
0: episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game-changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting energized to the mellow chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower in convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hello, M-O-O-D dot com, code GOG. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete.me. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash GOG with code GOG at checkout.
1: Media Candy. I had a bit of time on my hands when I was in Toronto, and uh, I had a big iPad, so I was able to watch quite a bit of stuff, including and finishing Lost in Space Season 2. Have you watched this yet, Jason? No, I haven't. I put it in the show notes with the
0: intention of getting to it, but <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I, I did notice
1: <laughs> it's highlighted in your color. Have you yeah, put it in yeah. There?
0: Okay. Now, I put it there to remind me to go watch it, and well, I, I didn't.
1: <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't give any spoilers here then, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Oh, good, good. That's all I wanted to hear. Liked
1: it more okay. than the first season. Oh, even better. Although even I will better. say the first two episodes were a little rough.
0: Now, I did watch a bit of the first episode. And if you haven't seen Black Sails, then you won't get how awesome this the scene is with them sailing. I just got to say, if you've seen I Black Sails, not, so. you'll get it. <laughs> and it was awesome to see. I was just like... Oh my God, that is so cool. So if you're a Black Sales fan, you'll definitely like the first episode of season two.
1: I will tell you the problem I had with the first two seasons, and this really isn't a spoiler, but if you're terrified about it, go ahead and skip ahead about 30 seconds. Uh, The first two episodes of the second season are, they're in danger, they get out of it. 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 And there's zero (laughs) plot movement forward in the first two episodes. But after that, it gets significantly better, so...
0: Okay. well, I mean, if they're not in danger, then they can't have the robot say danger, Will Robinson. But I guess there's no robot yet at the No at the robot yet. So, yeah, he's not back. <laughs> anyway, I did see something on Netflix that I thoroughly enjoyed. It's called Don't Fuck With Cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen this or heard anything no, about it? No, and
1: I'm not going to, judging from everybody else's reactions about it. I do not need darkness in my life right now.
0: <laughs> uh, well, it does have a happy ending, but... Uh, yeah, it was it was very difficult. I spent a large portion of this three episode documentary with my hands in front of my face because uh, I couldn't. <laughs> I did not want to see any of it. Right. Um, it is it is a rough watch with a a good outcome, but uh, it could have been a better outcome. But uh, Canadian cops are apparently slow on the uptake. But
1: uh, yeah, That's why I mean, I'm
0: moving, Jason? I'm going to become a master criminal. Yeah, there you go, Brian the mass murderer. That's all we need. <laughs>
1: I'd be crap at being a mass murderer. I'd get so lazy I'd be like, just go home. I don't have time for this. <laughs> you're like, oh look a pub. I'm done. Yep. That's it. I mass I mass murder beer. That's
0: it. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And poutine. Mm. So it, it it was good. It's a rough watch though. So uh just be warned. If you're an animal lover, it's really hard to watch. But yep. uh yeah, it it it's interesting.
1: All right. Well, the last Mandalorian episode dropped uh, pre-Christmas, so this is a bit of old news, but I haven't been around to talk about it. Finished it. Loved it. Thought it was a great ending to the series. Cannot wait for it to come back.
0: Yep. Yeah, I thoroughly agree.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting how much of the expanded universe Disney is starting to weave back into the Star Wars universe that they wiped clean. I'll leave it at that because it's a spoiler. Otherwise.
0: There we go. We'll see. We'll see how this goes next
1: year. They're working on it.
0: So looking forward to it.
1: And I started watching a new show on Netflix called Messiah. And uh, I'm about halfway through. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, but I can already tell halfway into this that this is all about how they're going to stick the landing. This is either going to be a great show or it's going to be a complete fucking waste of time. And I won't (laughs) know until the last episode i'm gonna wait for you to finish it all right I don't, i've never heard of it i don't know what it's about nothing what is it about it's uh well a mysterious uh messiah type figure emerges from the middle east oh, and uh, okay. we see what that happens on uh on the political landscape it's it's very well done um the acting is phenomenal michelle Monahan is is the lead and that I'll look here. My God, she's just gorgeous. She does not age <laughs> at all. She's no, she stunning. doesn't. Um, so that's pretty amazing. But uh, it's it's been really good. This is like, it's kind of like Homeland with uh, some religion thrown in there. Okay. But the good Homeland, you know, before Claire Danes goes crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's oh yeah. That's right. We got the last season coming up here. I think in February.
1: That's still going. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not. Wow, I did not know that. I dropped out of that many seasons ago. Yeah, I wanted to drop out at the end of
0: season two, but uh, I unfortunately didn't because I like Mandy Patinkin.
1: So yeah, I do too. He's a good guy.
0: Yeah, apparently a horror to work with. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out. I'm gonna stick it out. I stuck out Mr. Robot, so I'm gonna stick out Homeland. I've got a hell of a lot more time invested in Homeland than I did Mr. Robot. True. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I did finish Mr. Robot and it did not stick the landing in any way, shape or form.
1: Good. I don't whatsoever. have to go back and watch it. No, <laughs> you don't. I, I did. Yeah, I have not. But I, I do follow Sam SML. Is that am I pronouncing his name right? I, I, just, I always I, want to just call him Sam email because his <laughs> name is close enough to it. I'm so going to call him
0: Sam D. Moore. That's how I'm going to call <laughs> Oh,
1: that him. bad. huh? Yeah, I follow him bad. on Twitter and there was a lot of like uh, thanks to the few people that actually enjoyed the ending. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Game of Thrones, that one. That's Mm. for sure.
0: So you've been watching Messiah. You've been watching the Mandalorian. You've watched Lost in Space. Before we get to the rest of the stuff you watched. Mm. Let me let let me just take a flyer here and say you have not watched Star Trek Discovery.
1: No, I have not.
0: (laughs) I knew it. I knew it.
1: I, I have decided I am actually going to wait until uh picard drops and i pay for cbs uh all access to watch it because of the convenience level okay (laughs) but i will watch it once i get cbs all access if
0: if if i was a better producer i would go back to the episode right before we left for christmas and find the part
1: where you said i'm going to watch it over the break i promise yeah but then lost in season two space lost in (laughs) space season two dropped and then i started watching the messiah and (laughs) (laughs) you know how this goes jason you go down the well I know, I know. Okay,
0: what else we got here? This is a list.
1: And I'm excited about another show that is coming back. Uh, Netflix has dropped the trailer for season two of Sex Education. I love season one. I love the trailer for this. I can't wait to be back with those characters.
0: All right. I still haven't watched season one. I I watched like the first 10 minutes of it and just got bored and moved on. (laughs) But Jillian Anderson being sexy and hot. Yeah, I know. Just saying. I know, I know. I know. I, I thought if nothing else, that would get you to watch the show. My time is limited now that I've rediscovered my youth and play
1: Xbox every night. <laughs> Christ.
0: <laughs> More of that when we get to feedback.
1: And I've got some buzzed on a plane movie reviews as I, as I normally do again now, now that my kid will sleep on a plane, which is kind of nice. Uh, the choice of movies was underwhelming to say the least. So here we go. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. I already knew this movie was bad. It was bad. It okay, was so very it met bad. E-
0: met expectations.
1: Uh, met expectations, and one my big takeaway from this is: I I know Sophie Turner is is a huge star now, you know, because she's she's into the X Men stuff, and obviously the Game of Thrones turn. Um, she cannot act at all. Like she has two facial expressions. She has two ways to modulate her voice. They're exactly the same from Game of Thrones in Dark Phoenix, and this may and could. Possibly have been a decent movie if the main character could actually emote, but she cannot.
0: <laughs> I just had I, to look up who Sophie Turner was, and oh yeah, I, she can't act. She can't I, act at all. I didn't, think, all. Like, I didn't she's think she could horrible. act in Game
1: of Thrones. Uh, well, she was great as a child actress, like the first few seasons in Game of Thrones. But as mm-hmm. as she grew up, she she doesn't have anything. Like no, she's, she's a cardboard plywood. box standing there. Yeah, Yeah.
0: like plywood expressions.
1: Yep, exactly. So she, I mean, this movie probably could have been saved if uh, Famke Jansen was a great Jane Gray, like she could Mm. actually act, but uh, Sophie Turner cannot. Uh, Surprisingly, I really enjoyed Spider-Man Far From Home.
0: Everybody I've known that's seen it
1: has loved it. You know, I and you know I'm not a big fan of the superhero movies. Uh, Love this movie. I thought it was really well done and Mm. enjoyable. So watch it, Jason. You'll like it. Okay, well, how about that for a change? I know, pretty interesting. And the last movie I saw, well, I can't really say I saw it. The last movie I attempted to watch and I turned off after 15 minutes was the Lego Movie 2, the second part, which, God, it was just god-awful. So everything was not awesome? I chose to watch the map (laughs) of my plane's journey across the Great Midwest instead of the (laughs) Lego Movie 2.
0: Zing. Oh man. Yeah, I I liked the first Lego movie. I, I love fe- the first one. That was enough for me. I don't need to see another Lego movie.
1: No, you do not, Jason. You do not.
0: At the library. Ooh,
1: the... I got one of the many. Many emails that Amazon now sends me to try to get me to buy things, and uh, it's going to work on me. This is uh, the Ankh-Moore Park Archives, Volume 1. Yes, we are starting to mine the Terry Pratchett Archives because, you know, we're not getting any new books. But this will be a top-secret guide where travelers will receive a first-hand experience of the real city. And uh, it's going to be better than nothing, I think. Unfortunately, not until... Oh, well, it is out now, so sorry. Yeah, I was going to say... It was, I was like, it's not out until November 14th, 2020, and then I said, oh... 2019 it's out now uh so it's hardcover only unfortunately so that may stop me from getting it because i got to make sure i have some space in my in my library for another book that's physical but uh i'm very intrigued by this and and kind of i just miss the world so much jason
0: i know me too me too here's what i recommend Hmm. sitting on it for a while waiting till you get to canada then buying it because the price may go down by then and also you won't have to move it true good point because you're going to pay twice if you buy it now. That's Anything right. that you buy now, you're going to have to schlep to Canada. Keep that in mind.
1: Well, the prices are lower here, Jason. Oh, that's right. So there's that's... that, you know, because we get free health care in Canada. Ah, hmm. well, there's there's always that. There's that.
0: <laughs> I'm reading Loser Think, How Untrained Brains Are Ruining America by Scott Adams.
1: <sighs> I have opinions on scott adams
0: <laughs> everybody has opinions on scott adams
1: i fucking hate him
0: everybody says that too
1: yep. <laughs> he's a, a smart guy though. but i yeah. fucking hate him it's a good book though
0: <laughs> it's a good book never gonna read it i know you're not that's why i can say it's i can say whatever the hell i want right that's now. true it could be horrible written <laughs> this is the most profound piece of literature ever put onto the land no it's uh it's a it's a good book about how to think and how to think critically Mm-hmm. So, I uh, his views I are I really yeah. wish he'd
1: read his own books.
0: <laughs> well, he explains a lot of his other books in here, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. is what it is. Okay. I I can separate uh the the idiot from the the literature. So uh I am digging it so far. And mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. No. of the week.
1: I have not seen uh, the farewell. It's it's high up on my list of movies to see because I'm really looking forward to it. If you do not know the backstory about this, uh, it's a, it's a it's an autobiographical film about a reunion that uh, this woman Lulu Lulu Wangs um, had in China to say goodbye to her terminally ill grandmother. Um, but her terminally ill grandmother does not know that she is terminally ill. So the <laughs> entire family wanted to get together to just be there assuming that she would pass away pretty soon. Uh, The film ends with the revelation that uh, Wang's real-life grandmother, who was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer back in 2013, is still alive, and she is still unaware of her diagnosis. That is not true anymore because uh, there are many ways to keep a secret, as this article says. You can refrain from telling other people about it, or simply not tell anyone, or even just keep your mouth shut. However... Talking about the secret in great detail on This American Life, then writing and directing a feature film about it, starring Aquafina, turns out to be a surprisingly ineffective method of maintaining secrecy. <laughs> yeah. Because she the, she, the grandmother, found out about her diagnosis from the film.
0: Yeah, uh, yep. she's probably dead now. She's probably fall over dead. She's like, "Oh, I'm sick."
1: Boop. <laughs> that could be pretty amazing, though. 2013, stage four lung cancer, still alive and kicking. Yeah, there's a case to be
0: made for if you don't know you're sick, you might get better or at least maintain. That's why a lot of there's a lot of talk about when people get diagnosed with stuff like this. Should they be told?
1: And And, especially
0: uh, if it's terminal, then, you know, a lot of people make the decision not to tell
1: them. And now because we've talked about it in next week's (laughs) (laughs) next next week's week's closing closing shout outs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Farewell, Granny. Feedback loop
1: all right feedback um patreon jason i'm worried about patreon as a company really (laughs) i wonder why uh yeah because we have no new patrons um unfortunately but uh that's uh because people are either just dropping off and we thank you for your for your support while you supported us or jumping ship over to do recurring payments at paypal instead i don't know why people don't like patreon but they seem not to these days
0: yeah, I don't get it either. It's, I mean, it's the same for us on, on the, the actual payment side. So
1: Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I know people seem to think that we're getting more money from the PayPal, but it's basically the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so whatever floats your boat, guys. Yeah, Love we it. don't
1: care, but uh, it's just weird. I feel bad for Patreon. I don't. Not, not really.
0: <laughs> no, because remember, we got grandfathered in on a plan. Like if we had signed up right now, we would actually be spending a lot more money.
1: That's true. We're, we're grandfathered in on an old plan, which means you can give us money there or PayPal. It's all the same.
0: It's all the same to us. And speaking of PayPal. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Judge, Michael, Simon, Scott, Justin, Mark, Doug, Joe, Tim, John, Michael, Breed, Daniel, Ben, Stephen, Elizabeth, David, Jody, William, Helene, who says keep up grumping. Zruta. Your show keeps me connected in the U.S. and the rest of the world. Keep up the amazing work. Cheers from Singapore. Well, thank you very much. Sorry if I butchered your name. Don says, moving off Patreon and going direct via PayPal with a one-time donation. Thank you, Don. Sean writes, Brian and Jason, get drunk for the new year. Also, let me know if you want to sell off your Apple TV or any of your Alexa devices. I'll take the <coughs> ladies off your hands. Well,
1: I got an old we- Apple TV, too. Doesn't do much anymore uh for a while i had an apple tv
0: one do you remember how big those things were oh god
1: they were gigantic it was a brick. huge yeah.
0: yeah they were i mean they were bigger than a mac mini crazy <laughs> and Stuart says keep up the good work for 2020 have a couple of beers to numb the pain on me any recommendation for a reasonable small mic for field recording voices from an iphone uh i will send you an email Stuart. i don't have any off the top of my head but there are there are plenty and uh, i will discuss it over email
1: there you go. Over at Twitter, David writes in, I know how much you like your dodgy motels, so check this out. And this is a link to Wired, South Jersey's mid-century modern motels in all their neon glory. It nice. is a cast back to days gone by. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And over Twitter, Stewart sends us a link over to an article which I think we really we can really get with. It's called Ten Years Away and Always Will Be Talking about <laughs> Wait, AI. is that
1: is that driverless cars or is that AI or is that uh facial Wine recognition cars. that works or is that <laughs>
0: Yes, this is specifically about AI, so it's always going to be 10 years away.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Steve writes in, uh, just listened to episode 402 where Dave Bittner deactivated Facebook, permanently deleted mine in October 2018, and haven't missed it one bit. You were uncertain about it then, curious on how you feel now after a few weeks. I think uh, Dave actually responded saying he was a bit twitchy but at first, but overall it's been going well.
0: Oh, good. Good. Uh, I'm back now because I had to. (laughs) And I'm twitchy now, too. Although I I barely look at it. Only when I have to do something, I'll pop in. I have no notifications, no emails, no nothing, no apps loaded on my phone. So that's fine. It's just like every now and again, I'm like, oh, I have to do something on Facebook. Hmm. Oh, let me type it in because I don't have it bookmarked anywhere because I don't want it bookmarked.
1: My Facebook usage has decreased dramatically. However, I still do find it a very good way to stay in touch with people that I don't see on a day basis, so I like it for that still. But uh, okay, gosh, they make it hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Stephen writes in, check out Messiah on Netflix. Okay, we will. <laughs> I did. It's great. I like it so far. <laughs> he says, very interesting storyline that I'm sure is making all religions
1: crazy. I think you might enjoy it for that aspect, Jason. Okay. It's pretty good. Over at GOG.show, Sissy writes in, Hey, Grumps, wanted to pass along this news to you. New Orleans had a cyber attack. They brought in military to help wipe all the machines. Happy New Year. (laughs) And uh, this is a story about the cyber attack that occurred there, which I didn't even know happened. Um, I don't know how this bit of news got past us. You were in Canada. (laughs) Mm. Yes, the attack began December 13th after an employee apparently responded to an email seeking credentials. Don't do that. (laughs) 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 Nope. So, yeah. It only takes one idiot. It only takes takes one one idiot. idiot. So that injected uh, malicious ransomware into the city's network. The interesting thing about this, no request for ransom was received, although officials did detect the software trying to work its way through the city's servers. Uh, They had to screen more than three thousand four hundred computers for signs of the malware. As of Thursday, that job was seventy eight percent complete. So oh, there you go. Man.
0: Mm. One idiot. I'm telling you, it's all yep. it takes. That's why they're you know, cybersecurity people have to be right all the time. Yes. And you know, criminals only have to be right once. It's
1: very rarely the computers. It's uh, the humans are always the weakest link.
0: Yeah, this is just like how the CIA and the NSA operate. No? <laughs> That's a way it goes. Dan Right in, Hi Jason, I was listening to episode 402, and you were asking for co-op games. You should try Far Cry 5. The main campaign is awesome, and you can play it co-op. Well, thanks, Dan. That was the first game Jordan and I dug into when it came out, and we finished it a while ago. And yes, it was awesome. I love that game. Uh, we did finish Wolfenstein Youngblood already, and now we're playing World War Z. Uh, <laughs> we're going to crank through that one. It's a pretty cheapy one, but uh, we've got Borderlands 3, Gears 5, and The Division 2 lined up next, so that should get us through summer hopefully
1: all of that and you're still got your clan on whatever the hell game was oh yes clash royale we're doing pretty good we're doing pretty good we we got a full house right now though so uh uh, but keep
0: an eye out if you want to join up gog.show is the clan name which i'm sure you'll ask me about again on twitter as soon as you hear this (laughs) even though i just said gog.show is the clan name
1: pretty easy to remember Sean writes in, looks like now we know where all the Bird scooters are going when they are kicked out from a city. Might as well just keep one from the street and modify it so you can use it for free. And this is a link over at Amazon. And uh, this might win for title. Here we go. Bird ES1 300 electric scooter, 300 watt motor, ground effects, lights, front shock absorption, UL2272 approved, 15.5 MPH and 15.5 mile range. Ultra lightweight electric scooter for adults at Amazon. Also missing from that description. Annoying as fuck.
0: <laughs> so, it's interesting. It starts at five hundred and nineteen dollars on Amazon, mm-hmm. and I went over to Walmart and I found it for three hundred and forty nine dollars So for less than a dollar a day for the first year, you can own a bird scooter yourself and uh but don't forget the bird one is out <laughs> now. this is uh, the e s three or e s one three hundred is their old scooter, but now they have the bird one it's on sale though for nine ninety nine down from thirteen hundred dollars yes, thirteen hundred dollars for a fucking scooter <laughs> and Yes, let's all buy a scooter with the same branding as every scooter on the street. So some idiot can hop on it and take off while you're getting your artisanal coffee or craft beer. Oh god. And or you know even better some schmuck in a pickup truck and just drive by and pick it up because it looks like it need a charge. <laughs> Genius marketing there.
1: Yeah, uh, not the not the smartest thing.
0: No, but on the bird one, I love this. Some of the bird ones features include extended battery life and protection, a 30 mile travel range on one charge and better durability. You'll also get $100 in ride credits to use. I'm assuming that's after your scooter gets stolen. So you can use $100 to get home and uh and the ability to track your scooter with the app as well as anti-theft capabilities through the bird hunter network
1: that's not really anti-theft that's fucking finding them after they've been stolen (laughs)
0: exactly that's
1: recovery
0: (laughs) that is recovery it doesn't i mean i look at it it doesn't really have like any way to lock it up or anything like that so and it's just says bird right on it like all the other scooters so everybody's just gonna assume oh hey look a bird i'm gonna hop on everybody's gonna be trying
1: to unlock your private scooter (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's like, Oh God. But uh, yeah, it does. It does look a little different. It's more space agey, but for 1300, oh, actually 999 it's on sale because Mm. nobody's buying the damn things. Expect to see that one at Walmart for 349 in about six months. Oh, God. Uh, Brock writes in, I had a hard enough time getting my wife to put an Echo in the bedroom. I think she'll draw the line at this. And this is Kohler puts an Alexa-enabled smart speaker in a
1: shower head. So you can listen to music while you shower, I suppose. (laughs) Now, wasn't it Google that did the Mia Culpa? I can't remember what the product was, but uh, they didn't say it had a camera in it, but it had a fucking camera in it.
0: Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) I think that was... Google. I think or, it was no, Google. it was a microphone.
1: Mm, oh, it was a microphone, okay. not a yeah, camera. It was a, well, yeah. yeah.
0: Get, get ready for that. Shower. Yeah, camera. no, I wonder if. Yeah, yeah, this is this you know, this kinda is okay if you just want to be able to get your news or listen to your radio and stuff,
1: but you just never know. And or you it, could just put a little Alexa enabled smart speaker in your bathroom, but not on the shower head itself. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Alexa, too damn hot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Alex, anyway. my balls are hot turn down the water please and Jason writes in hey there JPD and Brian I love listening to you guys when I'm on break and getting my steps in at work I think Krusty Dog pulled a fast one on you guys in episode 402 don't you think the line about the furry costume was a dead giveaway it still made a good story though
1: hmm. I think the line about the furry costume was thrown in at the end as an attempt <laughs> at humor which or was, yeah <laughs> attempted to deflect or, or that yeah Renee also writes in my podcast app allows me to favorite episodes and bookmark the good parts. So that's nothing for us then. Sometimes I go (laughs) through the bookmarked episodes to see what the fuss was all about. I have a good laugh at the funny stuff and somberly nod at the serious stuff. As I was going through my list recently, episode 309 Stay Furry came up and I played it to see what had grabbed my attention at the time. It was the episode in which guns were seriously discussed. I'm glad we came up with such a good title for an episode in which we had a very serious discussion. (laughs) I
0: totally forgot about that, Yeah. yeah.
1: When I first heard that episode, I'd been listening to the show for about six months, and I'd come to really respect you all, Jason, Brian, and Dave. My respect grew tenfold for you guys during this discussion because it was so honest and vulnerable. Your personal accounts were relatable in so many ways, especially with Jason's personal story. It was simple, yet not so simply said, sometimes you get sad. And damned if it wasn't true for me that day. It was during a very difficult time, as I was actively making plans to end my own life that very month. I gave away all of my photos to extended family, updated my will, and made sure my pets would be with friends on the day I did it. Hearing Jason's near miss made me stop and go get help. It hit me while listening to this episode at the time that there are good, funny, and interesting people who also get sad to an extreme. And it was such a relief to hear that it's possible you could get better." You guys saved my life. Merry Christmas and a very happy new year. I know I'll have one, too. Thanks to you three. Wow. Well, that's intense.
0: Yep. Thank you, Renee, and I'm glad you're still with us. Yep. It does get better. There you go. Yep. And AJ writes in, The one about the Chrome Memory Devourer just made me think of you guys. And this is a list of uh, cartoons <laughs> over at Board Panda, and they're very funny. Very are extremely
1: funny. So thank you for that. Highly recommend it.
0: My favorite one though is about the uh, the cyan the printer and the cyan. Well, yeah,
1: I, you know, I I particularly had a laugh at that because I of course just had to replace all the ink in my printer, even though only one of them was out.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so go check that out if you don't know what we're talking about. It's good stuff.
1: Yep. And Andy writes in, I give up on privacy. I think it's time I just sell my information, at least make a bit of profit off of it. I, if only one could, but one can't. Yeah, where are you going to sell it? <laughs> Let me know, because I would like to profit off of it, too. Me, too. Uh, this is an article over at The New York Times, How to Track President Trump, by Stuart A. Thompson and Charlie Warzel. If you own a mobile phone, it's every move is logged and tracked by dozens of companies. No one is beyond the reach of this constant digital surveillance, not even the President of the United States times privacy project obtained we talked about this data set uh, we talked uh, about what, what, the data set yeah, yeah but not so this it's like particular five, thing. 50 billion location pings from the phones of more than 12 million people in the country it was a random sample from 2016 to 2017 but it took only minutes with assistance from publicly available information for us to de-anonymize location data and track the whereabouts of president trump Great. Yep. The meticulous movements down to a few feet of the president's entourage were recorded by a smartphone we believe belonged to a Secret Service agent whose home was also clearly identifiable in the data. (laughs) That's de-anonymization for you. (laughs) Exactly. Connecting the home to public deeds revealed the person's name along with the name of the person's spouse, exposing even more details about both families. We can also see other stops this person made apparently more connected with his private life than his public duties The Secret Service declined to comment on our findings or describe its policies regarding location data. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Yeah. No, there is no such thing as anonymizing location
1: data. There is. You can't. It's impossible.
0: And and as we found out, you can't anonymize search
1: data either because almost everybody searches for themselves at some point. So it's really easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Quick pro tip about uh, searching for yourself. Instead of actually doing that, just set up a Google alert, and then you never search for yourself, and you can at least have a fair shake at having anonymized search data. Oh, that's a really good idea. (laughs) You're welcome. Ah. Thank you very much.
0: Over at iTunes, we got a five-star from Mariana36. Great tech podcast. I don't consider myself old, but I do find myself completely identifying with these two geeks. Great podcast to keep up with what is going on in tech. I have a three-year-old turdler at home, (laughs) and I found... (laughs) That's a
1: good one. That is a good one. I'm going to be using that.
0: And I found myself sharing many of the same frustrations and concerns with Brian when it comes to kids in tech. P.S. The manscaping ads make me giggle every time I hear them. You're welcome. And I did send that to Manscaped. They were were very glad. (laughs) People are digging the reads. That's why they bought the whole year. So thank you. You get a whole year of them. (laughs) And she follows up with, I love how links to everything you talk about are included in the show notes. That's right. So you're very welcome.
1: There you go. We have another five-star rating from Shoot Draxus, a tech podcast so good, I downloaded the Apple Podcast app just to give them a five-star review. Muchas gracias.
0: (laughs) And we got a five-star from The Real SMY over in the UK. Happy holidays, guys. I love this show, and it's worth every penny of the subscription. Apologies, I still need to up the amount from $5 to $8. Well, what, what... Take your five. That's good, too. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it all. There are no grumpier or more informative shows out there, and I listen to quite a few. We need more Dave Bittner. The security Star Wars feature is my favorite part. Hope you both had a good festive break, and I'm looking forward to catching up in the new year. Well, thank you very
1: much, SMY. Thank you so much. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And, of course, Patreon, PayPal. Send us your monies. We appreciate it.
0: Yep, that's it. GOG.show slash donate. And also, if you're listening to us on the Overcast player, please click that little star because it's been a couple weeks since we've been uh, been publishing some shows and we have fallen out of the top. I was very sad to see that. But now that we're back in action, please, everybody, give us some stars. <laughs> feedback loop
1: I'd like to give a shout out to Global Warming for making my yearly December trip January trip to uh, Toronto which is usually a typically hellishly frozen Toronto rather pleasant yes of the eight days I believe I was there five were um, warmest days on record in at least 50 years wow that's uh, interesting and uh, you know on the flip side sorry Australia
0: yeah sorry about that (laughs) It is and, January
1: 7th here, and it's going to be 74 degrees and sunny, so I will be taking a nice long walk today. Yes, I will be enjoying my warm bike ride. And I just want to give a congratulations to both Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger, both stars of the U.S. Women's National Team Soccer, who got married to each other. Yay. Well, good oh, for Excellent. You. Yes. Excellent. Wish you
0: a happy life. And a quick announcement, Uh, we have opened up the entire back catalog. So if you wanted to ever go back and listen to the old shows for whatever reason, (laughs) whatever reason, uh, we now have all of them available. You cannot get them all through the Apple podcast player, though, because Apple has the asinine policy of cutting off shows at 300 episodes. So if you do use a player like Overcast and download the whole archive and would like to star all of them. That is your opportunity.
1: How do people <laughs> so, get around that um, on iTunes? Do people spin up a second show?
0: <laughs> yeah, they yeah. actually do. Yeah, that's that's they, ridiculous. Yeah, they'll yeah. do like the first 100 to 300 and then a, a live feed for the other ones. And then when it hits 600, do the same thing. It's so dumb. It's <laughs> so dumb. But there are so many other players out there and Apple is losing traction so fast to everybody else that, uh, yeah, they might want to change that in the future. Because yeah. every other podcast player, you can download everything. <laughs> Until next time,
1: I'm Jason Filippo And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. Your support really keeps us going and we really, really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 404. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.